Hi, my name is Tony. And I'm Chris. And we love pop culture. We often find ourselves discussing film, music, literature, and more, going down the rabbit hole of how everything is connected. We want to share those moments in pop culture that are seemingly unrelated, but connected by just a few links. Welcome to the Pop Culture Connection. Hello and welcome back to part three of the Pop Culture Connection podcast horror movie special. Next week we will be back to our normal format of connecting two seemingly unrelated people or events in pop culture. And we're looking to get back to that with a special timely episode, so please tune in. Uh, if you were with us for the previous episodes, in part one we discussed the family connection from Jason Miller in The Exorcist to Jason Patrick's of The Lost Boys. Then in part two, we covered Corey Haim and the Lost Boys to his other monster flick, Silver Bullet, Stephen King's connection to that film, and his helpful review of The Evil Dead, uh, the back-and-forth relationship between Sam Raimi and Wes Craven, Craven's most well-known character, Freddy Krueger, and his fight with another big slasher of that time, Jason Voorhees, and a film that never got made, which would have teamed up Michael Myers and Pinhead from Hellraiser. So now in this final episode, we'll talk more about Michael Myers, uh, another family connection between Halloween and a groundbreaking Hitchcock film, the real-life inspiration of a few of horror's biggest villains, and an 80s classic suburban horror story. So let's get into it. Because to me, you know, the later Halloween films made Michael some kind of like spirit or a demon or something. Whereas to me, Michael Myers is frightening because he's a guy. He's just a dude. Yeah, and that's, that's what, what the, makes him scary. The recent films kind of harken back to, uh, but they don't rule out that he, like somehow he's able to withstand all this stuff. So you don't know, is this just some uh, extreme mental focus that he has that mm-hmm. part of his his psychopathy is that he's also able to not really listen to the pain signals in his body. Whereas, yeah, the later films would, would posit that he doesn't feel this because he's otherworldly. Right. And yeah, like I'm with you. He, it's scarier when you think he's just so much a crazy murderer that he's just fine with getting shot or getting stabbed or getting burned. It's like, even yeah, that as long as it doesn't impede him from, Killing more. Right. Um. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face, and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. And that's, you know, again, 1978, Halloween comes out. There was nothing really like that that had come. Um, I, you know, Texas Chainsaw had come before. It was a little bit different. There had been Black Christmas previously, Black Christmas, yeah. which ha- Halloween was influenced by. But Michael Myers was 
such a big thing. And they didn't, you know, John, no one really expected that it to become this ongoing story of this character. Mm-hmm. Because of that ambiguity. Because you don't know, is he just a crazed person or is there something more to it? Is he possessed or right. supernatural in some way? He seemed to possess uh, a superhuman strength, but then he was also this just huge guy. So you didn't know, it's like he's just really strong. And or, even as a child, as a small child, had just killed his sister in cold blood while putting on a mask at the time of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Was it he was taken over by some Lord of the Dead that has to come around every once in a while to purge things? Or, or is he just a very sick individual? Right. And that's what makes him such a fascinating character. And Halloween is definitely one of my go-to. I watch it every October 31st. The original. I love the series. Uh, They're not all good, but... But what is? But what is? Uh, I definitely like the the 2018, the latest one. Uh, We're waiting on Halloween Kills here. We'll see how that is. Um, I'm going to see it no matter what because it's Mike Myers. But yeah, definitely at that time, I could see that. Again, it was one of those movies that people lost their minds when they first saw it because there was nothing else that kind of like fit that between the the music Mm -hmm. and the acting and the storyline. There's, you know, that the theme to Halloween is one of the most iconic horror themes that you yeah think. it conjures up that that bit of dread in you even though it's well known and well worn you still it's still effective it's part of why i love it and he had jamie lee curtis her first role you know she went on to become a you know, scream queen in a way after the su- success of halloween uh she was in several other horror films prom night the fog terror train but she was Kind of going back to Exorcist, her mother was Janet Lee from Psycho, mm-hmm. and she was uh, about 12 years old when uh, The Exorcist was made, and they actually called to see if she would be interested in portraying Regan in The Exorcist. And Janet Lee, having been in Psycho, said, absolutely not. I will not <laughs> let my daughter be part of that. I'll let her do Halloween in a few years. A much more uh, subdued and family-friendly film. Just uh, very interesting that 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 family is part of, you know, Norman Bates and Michael Myers. Again, you're talking about Norman Bates. Two iconic, yeah, two iconic uh, psychos of movie history, and two women who are. You know, battling him or surviving the the final girl or figuring out uh, what's going on with it. I love that. And then Janet Lee was also in Halloween H two O. She was Norma, who was the assistant and actually driving the same car as her character in Psycho. It's probably the best one in the series. H two O. Yeah. Out of the all of out of all of them. What about Part Eight? Yeah. When. There was karate moves used against. <laughs> I mean, my, uh, you got to have LL Cool J in every movie. I did. I, I, H2O is probably one of my m- 
better liked right. sequels of the others, but I like that they used uh, Janet Lee reprising that role. Right. And there's even like a little musical cue from the psycho theme when she's on, which I like. Oh, oh, oh. Damn it! Oh, oh Miss Tate, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to make you jump. It's okay. Well, hey, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. I've had my share. Uh, Miss Tate, I know it's not my place. If I could be maternal for a moment. I don't like to see you like this. I've seen you like this before, and we've all had bad things happen to us. The trick is to concentrate on today. What do I know? You just take care of yourself, okay? Thank you very much. I'll see you Monday. Miss Tate, uh, happy Halloween. Psycho, uh, Psycho is another one, 1960. The people who first saw that, I can't even imagine what people thought. Because when you still looking back at it, it's brutal and crazy. And to a degree. I think it's one of those generation defining points to where people look at it now and think, like, you know, what's the big deal? It's just you don't even... It's not that gruesome, but once again, you're you're judging that post that that thing that you're using as the yardstick. Prior to that, you couldn't show blood, and the fact that they even showed the blood going down the drain was controversial right. and and maybe beyond the pale for some audiences. And a a, a woman in a shower in vulnerable that as well, yeah. How many people, how, what person's shower was ever the same after watching Psycho? When you're nude and you're most vulnerable and not expecting something like that. Yeah, as that, a kid, I would think of, about that when I was in the shower and ha- having just known of that uh, scene. Not even kind of seeing it, no. Not even seeing it. Yeah, you or... just, you just know of that. You growing up in this culture, you know of that scene, and you think like, is anyone there? And then it's yeah, been parodied, parodied, and, and lampooned just to death, pun intended. I think that that is definitely one of those things, just like Jaws, that made people afraid to go in the water. Psycho was one of those afraid that go in the water affected everyone from. You know, I, this is a place where I should feel safe and, but I'm vulnerable and then anything could happen. Yeah. And then since then, not even the parodies withstanding, just the idea of the shower being a place of vulnerability has been used quite often oh, yeah. in horror movies. Yeah. Especially the slashers that we've talked about. They've, there's not many that don't have a shower scene. Yeah, it provides the nudity, which provides titillation, titillation and mm. yeah, emphasis on the titillation and the cockillation. <laughs> but uh, the character of Norman Bates, you know, it's such a seemingly normal He's just normal. guy, Norman normal, and having that twisted side to him. You know, Anthony Hopkins 
Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins. Anthony, Anthony Perkins. Hopkins is also good. He's also good. Uh, Anthony Perkins, uh, the, his portrayal of that character, he just so, so good. And like, who is this? There's something off, but I kind of trust him. He seems nice. He seems all right, but there's something. Yeah. yeah. They're probably watching me. Well, let them. Let them see what kind of a person I am. I'm not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. And they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Yeah, that that character of uh, preserving human remains in your home was kind of loosely inspired by a real life uh, Ed Gein. Mm, nice life. guy. I don't know if they classify him as a serial killer because yeah, I would think so. He didn't really. He he dug up. He exhumed. He exhumed but more he than kill actually. People. He killed a couple people, but to be specifically classified serial there has to be an x number of people um, he, he didn't make the cut he didn't make the cut but he did he did exhume bodies and use skin for things like lampshades yeah that's what i'm saying when you start making furniture out of people's skin you you've fallen into the category whether you might be a serial killer <laughs> If, if you've you, ever made a lampshade out of human skin, you might be a serial killer. He definitely uh, influenced a lot. Not only Norman Bates, but also uh, Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, yeah. Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw 74, that was prior to Halloween, and it doesn't even feel like it 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 feels like a documentary that feels (laughs) like you're there toby hooper made you feel like you were in that situation yeah you know a documentary where you were part of a a psychotic family who murders random passers-by there's not the you and i have talked about before the the dinner table scene yeah. Of her sitting there and the, and the, the way that it's the camera. Tri- it's a psychedelic scene. It's, it's just. Tripped out. It's maddening. Uh-huh. Like the last 20 minutes of that movie are her screaming in panic and terror. And it gets to you after a while unless there's something wrong with you. Unless you turn it off. And the I remember the first time I saw it was on beta. <laughs> so it had what? that. that grainy look to it and i can remember when she first goes into the room with all of the furniture she finds made out of bones and the chicken feathers like you can smell that scene it's and between that and the the van ride with the hitchhiker like you feel like you're there in it and just the sweaty it's hot texas the air Uh ac in the van doesn't work and just like that's why I love Patton Oswalt <laughs> talking about he had reviewed it for a uh, anniversary edition. He said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a great movie because you know what you're getting from the title. Texas, this can't be good. Chainsaw, oh no. <laughs> Massacre, oh fuck, what is this movie? 
Yeah, it uh, does not leave you guessing as to what is coming up. It's not like a a, a rom com with Jennifer Aniston. Uh, things are gonna be good. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know what you're getting right off the bat. Which um, could there be a better title to a movie? No, yeah, that's it. Uh, you got it. You got it. And you get a crazy, written, inbred, redneck, cannibalistic family in the middle of nowhere. Not too different from The Hills Have Eyes. Right. A little bit. They're a little more uh, post-apocalyptic biker chain gang guys, but... These are more real American down-home country folk. Mm -hmm. These are like Cracker Barrel killers. (laughs) The Cracker Barrel killer. That'd be a good move. Let's make that. Uh, but the, uh, the narrator at the beginning, did you know that was John Larroquette? No. That was, uh, one of John Larroquette's first role before Night Court, which is scary in and of itself. Um, <laughs> there, there's I, a horror movie called Night Court or? <laughs> no, just Night Court. Just like being going to a court at night. Uh-huh. Is scary. Um, but apparently, according to him, his fee was, uh, a joint. That sounds about right. It's like, we'll give you a joint if you do this narrate this opening segment. Okay. All right, man. Yeah, it was 1974. Mm-hmm. That fits. The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths. In particular, Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives... They could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, But that was, uh, you know, an early Toby Hooper movie before he did Poltergeist. Uh-huh. Which is... Well before. Uh, Texas Chainsaw it, is as much uh, about a raw movie as you can get. And, and rightly so. And then, yeah, you get the very Spielberg Poltergeist. Yeah, I mean, Toby Hooper's credited as directing it, but it feels a lot like Steven Spielberg said, here's what you're gonna do. And then he just did it. Although... I will say that uh, maybe Hooper leans and lingers on shots longer than Spielberg would have, which gives gives it its its flavor. Yes. It's a little more patient movie. Yes, it's. I, it, they definitely collaborated. I think at the end of the day, it was Toby Hooper who made Poltergeist, but there was definitely input from Spielberg. That suburban. It's like a sister film to E.T., sure. almost, like the next town. Well, that's why he didn't direct it, because he was working on E.T. Right. Or else he would have. You can feel that in it between the music and the references and the children. And it's, you know, to me, one of the good, like, early, if you want to get into horror or want to get a younger person into horror, Poltergeist is a good starting point. It's a perfect movie. In so far as you can watch it with a young a child, and they can understand what's going on, but yet 
an adult, it's complex enough for adults to enjoy and everybody is, is terrified. And to, yeah, to be afraid or enjoy it on a different level as to a parent losing their child or a child being away from their parent or just being a normal suburban family experiencing something terrifying. Yeah, it plays into kind of the modern, uh, a lot of kids grow up with the monster in the closet. And I think that's a very modern um, kind of trope for uh, families. And here in America, everyone had their own room. So it's kind of this American ideal of you put the kids down to bed and then they see something in their closet and have that closet be the center of this interdimensional anomaly that is plaguing this family is just very appropriate. And through the, the television, especially at the mm-hmm. time. And the TV, yeah. It's just, yeah. It just hits on all those American suburban uh, ideals. And the, you know, the young child being afraid of the a tree outside that, you know, I know a lot of people say that they're afraid of clowns because of the it mm-hmm. Tim Curry made for TV it. But for me, it was poltergeist mm-hmm. that made me terrified of clowns. Hate you. Hate you. Oh God. That's that still, clown. Yeah. That's still to this day can freak anyone out because it's just, they did such a good job of usurping the expectation of looking under the bed. Mm hmm. And seeing it under the bed, and then he sits up, and it's there. Yeah. yeah. Such a good jump scare. But I think the setup, that what works best for that scene, is he throws his jacket over it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't quite cover it the way he wants it yeah. to. So you think there's going to be this, like, okay, now it's gone. But mm-hmm. it kind of... Misses. Misses, in a way. And he's just like... Like a kid would. Like a kid would. And... To keep that in the movie to show that he's too scared to uh, fix his mistake is something I can identify with as a child to be like, I've tried to remedy this, but I'm too scared to go further. But I'm also going to try to play it cool and be like, that's fine, and psych myself out. Yeah, there's a lot of good moments like that in in Poltergeist that uh, you can identify with no matter who you are, you might have been in that situation as a child and feeling that something is scary, something's out of my control, or as a parent, what would happen if my child was gone and I'm dealing with this otherworldly environment that I have no idea how to control. Uh, it's just that my perfect blend of, of horror. Yeah. That Craig T. Nelson is great in it. The scene where he, uh, they come to the house and he's already just over it and he's already, he's drinking a beer in the morning <laughs> and he yeah. hasn't shaved. Yeah. And, yeah. I think it was, uh, you know, Spielberg to again, idea of what suburban parenthood was like. We built this ideal situation for our children and our family, but when things go wrong, we don't know how to deal with it. Plus one of the first movies that showed uh, pot use in a very just kind of work-a-day yeah, sort they were of fashion. Former hippie parents, mm-hmm. were, you know, raising a family in the Reagan era. After the kids go to bed, we roll one up, and that's that. That's what a lot of people were doing, but it was taboo to 
to talk discuss about. that yeah. to, to just show it in a very casual manner was a big breakthrough. So that's uh, that's it. That's uh, our Halloween horror movie special, kind of talking about all the connections between Exorcist through the polter for, through Poltergeist. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different. Maybe not always the same actor, same director, but little references, connections, little things here and there for the Halloween season. So. Yeah, and there's just so many movies and so many avenues you can go down with this that we could actually do every episode in this genre and make it work. Um, I would say by no small margin that horror is the genre with the most films to its name. And the ones that we can probably make the easiest connections. But uh, that aside, uh, we just like to, to discuss it. And, you know, maybe next year, around this time of year, we'll find a different avenue, discuss other films. But uh, until then, you know, we're available at thepcccast at gmail.com, thepcccast at Twitter. We're on Instagram at the Pop Culture Connection. You can find our Facebook group at the Pop Culture Connection. And until then, stay connected and stay scared. Okay, folks. So that is it for our first horror movie special. Uh, we had a lot of fun with these episodes and always love talking horror. But we're also looking to get back to our usual format and link up some very different pop culture events. So be on the lookout for that, and please don't forget to check out our social media, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, shoot us an email, or just say hi. Uh, we use Linktree, so you can find all of our stuff at linktr.ee backslash the PCC. C-A-S-T. Um, we would really appreciate some feedback and would love to hear from you. Again, if you can offer some challenges of two things we can link together, give us some ideas of what you're liking or may not be liking. Um, please give us a review on Apple Podcast. And if you can mention that the show, if you're liking it to uh, a person you think might enjoy it, please go ahead. We would really appreciate it and would love to hear any more that you might have to say. So until next time, stay scared and stay connected.